it's Gilbert Gottfried. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, your go-to podcast on old things mining. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian and today I am interviewing a student by the name of Keith Mandesodza. Keith, how are you today? Uh, very good, Brian, and thank you for inviting me to your show. Oh, thank you, thank you. And you're joining us today from Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe, <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from Brisbane. How are things in Brisbane today? Brisbane is all right. Uh, it's been a bit cloudy, had a few rains uh, over the last, uh, the last night. Um, and um, yeah, pretty pretty warm and uh, good today. Good, yeah. Here, here in uh, the Rocky Mountains, we're having cold and snow, a little bit um, hard winds blowing. So, you're relatively mild weather. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't envy you. Um, <laughs> um yeah want to be where i am at the moment yeah the the, the bad weather in brisbane is still pretty nice <laughs> absolutely yeah so keith tell us a little bit about yourself where you grew up and uh where you went to university all right um where where i grew up was i was born in in zimbabwe um i'm zimbabwean and uh did most of my early education um in Zimbabwe um, before going to university, which was the University of Zimbabwe, um, where I started geology and uh, physics and graduated in uh, 2005. Um, after graduation, I then started working uh, in the mines, uh, starting off at um, Shabeni Mine, which was a sub-level cave mine. And um, because at that time we were having sort of uh, a ramp up and a, a, a mining uh, cycle that was quite positive. And uh, there, were, uh, there was quite a bit of movement in terms of uh, people going for, for um, higher level um, positions. And mm. um, it was quite fortunate in my case because my um, graduate traineeship or internship was shortened uh, for me to sort of move into um, those senior level roles um, and found myself actually being appointed a rock mechanics engineer after only about seven months of my internship. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was like learning from the deep end. Um, yeah. And um, I would say I did manage to uh, keep myself um, sort of... Um, down into the work that I was doing and also learning from those that were around me, especially the people who were uh, directly involved with the different roles um, in the mine, um, mine environment. So I would say I would like to, to, to call it learning from the grassroots and um, yeah. 
yeah. I would spend much of the time with those guys uh, as I was quite fresh from, from, from university. So after my time at uh, Shabani Mine, I then got a role to move into uh, rock mechanics. Um, and then I was uh, appointed a rock mechanics engineer by uh, Zimbabwe Platinum Mines, uh, hmm. which is uh, uh, a subsidiary of Impala uh, Implants, which is yeah. Impala Platinum Mines in South Africa. Um, in that role, I was involved with starting a portal um, hmm. and uh, being involved with um, the return uh, geotech aspects of uh, ground support um, and uh, checking um, stability of the room and pillar mining method that we were using. Uh, but I was in that role for about three three years uh, before my first expert role came up around 2009, where I had to move to Zambia um, to work as a geotechnical engineer uh, for first quantum minerals uh, in Solwezi. Um, yeah, that role then opened me to um, other aspects of geotech since I had only experienced underground mining. Uh, yeah. But now I was exposed to uh, open cut mining. We had two open cut mines. Uh, that must, mining that, that, yeah, that must have been copper. Yeah, we were mining yeah. copper and gold yeah. Uh, okay. mine. Yeah. And uh, it was also good exposure to tailings. Uh, that's where I started hmm. to learn my trade into, or to cut my trade into tailings, um, just to understand how everything works. And uh, um, how uh, we were doing the monitoring of the dams. It was just how I started sort of um, my first steps into tailings, I would say. Um, still involved with open cut mining. Um, and um, I was in that role for about a year, year and a half, and uh, an opportunity to move to Australia came in 2011 where I got a role as a project geotechnical engineer with uh, Mount Isa Mines. Hmm. So we moved to uh, Mount Isa in 2011 with family. And um, yeah, I started to learn the culture to assimilate into the society and learn a different approach to, to mining um, and um, learn how different it was uh, to when I was back home, I would like, I would like to call it. Um, it was like an eye opener in terms of how safety operated yeah. uh, and yeah. how it was, yeah, like um, uh, the top of, you know, uh, everything else. Um, something that you had to, to do before doing any work, uh, I would say. So yeah, it was great in that, in that regard that um, I was exposed to such an environment. And it sort of um, uh, brought um, that knowledge and understanding as well in my career. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. So after I worked at Mount um, Isa, I then got a role to move to Suriname, which is in South mm. America, mm. Um, as a geotechnical engineer. Um, with uh, I am Gold, uh, which is a Canadian uh, yeah. outfit. Huh. Huh. Yeah, so it was great to 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 then be an international expert and yeah. sort of uh, move around with all the experience I'd sort of um, accumulated over the years and 
try to bring it to, to the people that were around me um, now in Suriname. Um, I was mostly involved with uh, geotech. We we're trying to move from saprolite mining into hard rock and mm. trying to introduce the dynamics of um, how that works because uh, most of the work uh, force was used to saprolite mining, which is soft, soft uh, soil uh, mining. And yeah. just addressing the concept of uh, moving into hard rock was uh, mainly why I got that role. And also there was a bit of uh, tailing sort of in inspections, mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. dealing with consultants and uh, sort of managing the governance side of, of tailings as well, uh, in collaboration with uh, my project engineers um, and some of the engineers that I was working with. So it, it was great uh, in that regard to sort of um, have a multi-facetted role uh, and being involved in every bit of uh, open cut mining. Yeah. Um, then whilst in that role, that's when I thought that I needed to upgrade my education and try to understand uh, more um, about soil mechanics and how, um, how different it is uh, from rock mechanics because I had mostly been exposed to to rock mechanics um, in my experiences all this while. Yeah. Um, and um, that's when I decided to enroll for a master's program at uh, Missouri University of Science and Technology. And I started my studies in 2014 uh, on a master's of geo, a master's uh, in geotechnics and, um, and completed the studies in uh, 2017. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, quite, a, quite a journey uh, yeah. for me because uh, sometimes we'd go for modules uh, and uh, sometimes it was part uh, online because I was doing it whilst I was working as well. Um, and then we decided to come back to Australia after spending about three years in, in Suriname and I was then working in Madagascar uh, hmm. with Ambatovi, yeah. uh, which is a nickel outfit um, uh, based in, um, in, 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 uh, in, in Madagascar. Um, I was doing a flying flyout from Brisbane by then. Um, wow. And family was based in Brisbane. Hmm. And um, yeah, and then we actually got pregnant with our last daughter by uh -huh. then. Uh -huh. And uh, because I wanted to help my wife, I had yeah. to find a job yeah. back, back yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So I moved back to Australia in 2017 and started working for Evolution Mining, um, where, yeah, I was more now involved in, uh, in, in geotechnics and with the more sort of uh, bias towards tailings. Um, and then after working for about two, two and a half years with Evolution Mining, I then decided to, to go into consulting. And I started consulting with a friend um, that I'd known um, for some time. And we just hooked up and um, wanted to help him with his business. And um, I started looking after the metals and the tailing side of things. And uh, that was back in 2020. Uh, start of 2020 uh, up to now. So um, we, are, we are a consulting outfit uh, that is involved in um, 
open card underground entailings, as well as a bit of infrastructure. Uh, we're a group of about 11 uh, engineers um, and uh, our our mission is to be a preferred consulting firm um, in Australia at the moment. Yeah. But um, in so doing as well, uh, having the skills and the right qualities that is required in the industry at the moment. So our main sort of focus is um, having the skill sets uh, that the industry is uh, requiring and also prob probably bringing that uh, operational um, cap capability to to the issues that the operators are facing. So it's been great in the fact that um, I've also decided to go back to, to school and uh, um, take a PhD um, mm -hmm. with the investor of Queensland uh, on a full-time basis. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just started, I'm just starting the journey and I'm taking the first steps um, towards, uh, towards that. So yeah, that was a mouthful, Brian. That's my journey uh, from 2005 up to now. Yeah. So did have you, you're, bra you're a brand new student just starting in January or you started earlier? Uh, just started in January. So I would oh, say okay. Uh, okay. very new uh, yeah. into, my, into my PhD. Yeah. So who are some of the professors there that are um, teaching the classes? So my supervisor is David Williams. Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's nobody that's more salt of the earth than David. He's just very practical, but he's very knowledgeable too. But he's just so pragmatic. Absolutely, that's one thing I like uh, about him. His practicality to, yeah. to, 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 to the way he does his things is, is next to none. And uh, I find value in that. Yeah. So, uh, do you have ideas for your uh, dissertation topic? Yeah, we did throw uh, or brainstorm a couple of ideas with Dave uh, before uh, enrolling. And I uh, think ultimately what we ended up settling for was um, having a look at the hybrid uh, or multi-criteria approach in the hybrid designing of tailing stems, uh, mostly focusing on the current trends, uh, which is the governance side, uh, the designing, which is um, looking at uh, the guidelines in ENCODE and CDA, yeah, uh, and also focusing on the alternatives that are out there and also the economical aspect of why some of the alternatives are not being implemented, which which are far more better than the current system that we're using yeah. uh, in the mining industry at the moment. So that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah, great, great. And I bet that this experience with your education is vastly different than your previous ones because of the pandemic. So how are, are most of your classes remote or are they in person or, or how are the classes being taught? Um, it's mostly a research. So I, I am full-time enrolled, so I'm mostly at uni. Uh, if I'm not at uni, I'm studying at home, like uh, um, sometimes. Um, but uh, I try to be at unis mostly on Thursdays and Fridays uh, to catch up with Dave and to catch up with other students yeah. and um, share ideas. And also <laughs> if there's any lab work to be done, to do that uh, huh. while I'm at, uh, at uni. Yeah. 
Interesting. So I was just accepted into a PhD program and it's going to be a hundred percent remote. So I've got to figure out how to make that work, but also how to, how to make a dissertation research work when it's remote. And I'm, I'm not sure if we can even do lab testing when it's all over, over the computer. So. Oh yeah, it would be it would be hard, I guess. But uh, first of all, congratulations! You know, oh. it's, well, I always uh, tell people it's never late um, to go back to school and learn, um, uh, regardless where you are in in your career. And uh, you know, learning only takes about four or five years, and yeah. um, you have the rest of your life ahead of you to you know pro put into practice whatever you learn. So um, that's a great step that you have taken to go back and learn. Yeah, and you too. And you know what, I did about the same with my master's that you did because I worked uh, for about uh, a dozen years before I got my master's. So I understood the mechanic side of what I was doing, but I had a very poor understanding of the theoretical side. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you had the same experience where you understood how to do it, but you didn't know how come you could do it absolutely yeah. absolutely i can yeah. relate to that and i actually found value in the fact that it then becomes easier for you to apply the theory because you understand the practicality of how to do it um which which makes it easier to understand the theory as well because you can actually visualize and know how things work um yeah in the field yeah yeah so uh, your your uh, program is mostly research based, but there must be classes taught as well. Um, at the moment, no. But um, mm. I think once I'm done with my, at the moment, I'm just going lit literature reviews. Yeah. Um, and there is a confirmation that is due on in the fourth uh, fourth uh, semester. Uh, which is end of year. So we usually have a milestone um, every year with um, after after the first year, there's confirmation. Then after confirmation, there'll be another milestone before submitting of our thesis. So in that confirmation, if um, the reviewing team find that I need um, extra courses to support my my thesis, then uh, they might recommend that I involve for some classes, but uh, mm. that's uh, that's pending um, the reviewing process that should be done at confirmation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I know for my program, there's going to be a number of courses that are taught online, and I don't yet know what those courses are, but I hope that <laughs> it's I hope that it's pretty heavy in the soil mechanics because I would love to expand my knowledge and understanding of critical state soil mechanics in both mm -hmm. uh, static and dynamics. I think that would be very helpful for me. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually interesting because prior to joining in your podcast, I was listening to Mike Jeffries. Um, oh, I listened to this. Yeah, I listened yeah. to the same. Uh, no sense. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. Brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah. And I, I thought he uh, had a real talent for explaining things very simply. Yeah, uh, that was geotechs, uh, geotechnics in for for the past hundred years in in one hour, which yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be 
preserved out there and it was presented by the people at Bentley. I think they're called Bentley Solutions. That's right. They're the, they're the people right. that do Plaxus. So I think you'll be able to find that lecture out there. And it was really good. It was very good uh, um, background on liquefaction and then critical state solar mechanics. And finally, his Norsan's model and, and how that solves some of the issues that uh, original cam clay left un, un, unfinished. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the way that he introduced the concept of critical state um, theory um, and also taking through some of the sort of the history that led into um, coming up with um, the critical state uh, theory. And um, it was good to know that it was actually started by Lyman uh, when yeah. they were doing the construction of the Franklin Falls. And uh, uh, it was actually uh, a critical construction condition that yeah. they had to set up in the construction of that uh, of that dam. Uh, that's um, that was quite quite eye opening as well. Yeah, even some of the uh, life experiences that he brought into it of his offshore oil platforms. It was pretty amazing how he uh, thought that through as a soil mechanic rather than as a mechanical or structural engineer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I had some interactions with his uh, co-author, Ken Bean, a few years ago. We, the world lost Ken Bean, but another brilliant guy. Uh, and uh, I spent far too little time with him, but I enjoyed the time that I did spend with him. Yeah, it's always worthwhile, I guess, to spend time with yeah. people of, of that caliber. You know, they say we see farther because we stand on the shoulders of giants, and I truly believe that we we need to uh, gain what we can from the people that came before us, and including the ones that are may, maybe in the twilights of their career. Mm, and there's some, I totally buy into that statement. Yeah, I, the, I'm always trying to get as much as I can from the giants that yeah. um, have uh, been in the uh, have been in the game for uh, a while before us, and uh, yeah. also trying to learn for those that are actually in their twilight uh, stages as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we have covered a lot of ground. So let's just go back to your your exposure to tailings. That must have seemed like a pretty unglamorous thing to be involved with when you first got introduced to tailings mm -hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's a waste product and especially back then people just thought of it as you know the, the sewage of the mine nobody really wanted to deal with it it was a it's not a revenue stream it's just mm -hmm. where all the stuff you don't want goes yeah absolutely and i like the term that you have used the sewage end of yeah. the process and we have used that term quite a lot um, uh, in the industry uh, because really no one cared of the tailing end of, of the mining process. And yeah. uh, because no one cared, that's why probably we now have the issues that we are seeing now in the industry. And um, because no one was putting that much of needed um, um, sort of uh, process to set up structures that can 
um, that can stand like what we see in, in dam construction and uh, what we see in the water, water dams uh, construction at the moment. So because of that, um, there wasn't that a process followed through to see um, a good uh, sort of um, standard being done because everyone saw it at the, at the west end or the sewage end of the, of the mining process. Yeah, yeah. I was at a former employer, I was interviewing a young candidate that was interviewing for a kind of an entry level job with the company. And he was saying, Brian, why mining? And I kind of misunderstood his question. I was telling him how cool mining is. What he really meant was why mining geotechnics. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people that for a geotechnical engineer or more specifically a soil mechanic, there's nothing more exciting than tailings. They have every single aspect of soil mechanics that you would ever want um, to work with. Every uh, seepage and slope stability and liquefaction and situ testing, seismicity and seismic hazard, lab testing and situ testing. It's It's got everything in there and almost every single class you ever took as, as an undergrad is gonna be in there. Absolutely. It's it's like a lab uh, of, of everything coming together of what you learn in school, um, right from the governance, from construction, from operation, how uh, we, we actually design the tailing stems and uh, you know, going through the modeling aspects, uh, the risk management frameworks, um, it's, it's everything included. So I would, I would actually um, say it's, it's, it's a full package, um, just, you know, going into tailings engineering and uh, I sort of encourage everyone who is um, wanting to go into mining to focus on, on tailings uh, engineering. Yeah, yeah, the, the only part I can think of geotechnical engineering that doesn't normally enter into tailings would be foundation engineering. But once in a while you do have walls and, and things like that enter into it. But, you know, you take out the foundation engineering and it's, it's got every single aspect of it. Yeah, you're, you're breaking there. I didn't get the last part, but yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no. So I, I encourage anybody that's studying geotechnical engineering to consider going into tailings uh, consulting or some some aspect of tailings for a career. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Keith, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Uh, yeah, that it has been a pleasure, I think, um, being on your podcast, Brian. And um, I, I've been listening to your podcast since uh, 2017, and uh, <laughs> they've actually taught me a lot. Um, just driving from and two sides, um, just listening to podcasts and uh, what people are experiencing, uh, especially in the tailings world. Um, learning new ideas, uh, coming up with new new ideas has been great. And um, I do encourage people to to listen to your podcast because I think it's full of um, um, full of knowledge. And uh, all the people that you in, have interviewed before 
uh, have actually downloaded a lot that can be learned in the industry. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate the the feedback and also the the uh, um, showing the in, yeah the interest in the podcast. I've got a, a small but growing audience, so it's always nice to hear some kind words. And you know what, Keith, maybe we should have a second interview where we just, you and I just have a conversation about life as an expat in the mining world. That might be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I can relate to that very well. And yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll be happy to sit down again and have a chat and uh, talk yeah. um, our experiences uh, expatting in different parts of the world and uh, different environments and cultures yeah. and societies too. So it would be great and I'd yeah. love to have that. Yeah, it sounds really good to me. Keith, before we part ways, do you have any words of wisdom or any kind of parting statements for us before we say goodbye? Uh, words of wisdom is, um, I think with what's going on in the tailing space, uh, we probably need um, concerted effort from all the players uh, for us to come up with uh, with more reliable designs. And I uh, think like we were talking about um, uh, Mike Jeffrey's um, uh, webinar uh, where he was introducing Nosen into Plexus. Uh, he actually say that um, the global standard is um, sort of uh, required, is requested to, to have um, people with 30 years plus in the industry and uh, to have a PhD for you to to sort of be a review of tailings. But looking back, um, we have had those people being involved with uh, the designing of tailings, but still we have had failures. So what is going on and why are we not getting, um, you know, the results that we need after having all this input being done uh, with all the experiences and the exposures yeah. um, yep. of people uh, getting into tailing. So probably it's something that uh, needs to be discussed at a higher level and people to to sort of come up with a good governance for tailings facility and for us to probably have the confidence back in the in all the stakeholders that are involved uh, with tailings. Yeah, well, that's very good and I appreciate that. And certainly a lot of value to be taken from that, Keith. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, Keith, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you. Your your day is just starting out and mine is coming to an end. So with that, I am going to let you go because I know you're, you're a student and a consultant and, and I'll let you get back to work. All right. Thank you. It has been a pleasure, Brian, and um, hope to catch up next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Keith. Thanks, Brian. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.